What is up? Welcome back to Tomahawked. I am your host, Rob Fox, joined as always by Dan Holloway. We're coming to you on a Friday, but we're recording uh, on the Wednesday before. So good news for us that uh, Ronald Cunha Jr. is back in the lineup. Yep. Uh, after coming out of last night's game against the Pirates, um, I, I thought he got hit in the rib when I saw it, but I guess it was like some the ball like kind of got in between his giant elbow pad. I don't know that it even got in between it. Uh, I think it just smashed into it. And he said, uh, Snitker said that he lost feeling in his arm, um, which means he got his funny bone hit. So they, right. they just took him out preemptively, but it's he's he's fine. He's back in the lineup today. Yeah, we're all good on that. Thankfully, definitely would uh, I would just lose my fucking mind if Acuna was injured for any amount of time this year. I mean, the, ki- the kid's basically gotten to have one full season of baseball in his career yeah, so no far. Sure. It fucking <clears throat> sucks. Um, but we're finally seeing what we can do with that. But um, unfortunately, uh, unlike Acuna, who's having an incredible year all through the year, um, man... I was I kind of just think about this last night and over the Cubs series especially like we are in the fucking dog days of summer right now and the Braves are I think in their especial dog day mode. Uh, they're eleven and ten over the last twenty one. I mean, and this is fine, right? Like that's going to happen uh, in a long season, but they look flat as fuck right now. Yeah, I mean, it's you. You want to be in a you want to be in a rhythm, you know. And everything has been like when's the last time the same five guys pitched on five consecutive games? Right. As a starter. Um, it just hasn't happened much lately, so everybody's out of rhythm. Um <clears throat> it's just the way it is. I mean it is it's it's a dog days of summer, that's why you call it that. Yeah. And you kinda hope it, the one nice thing I will say um about that Cubs series was really frustrating, uh losing it. And I know Dan uh Delco Dan hated it because we kept losing him money on those on those games. Uh, but uh, like the the I guess the encouraging thing is is that they didn't really get shut down. They just didn't execute because my God, they had people on base like every inning in those losses. Yeah, I mean they they scored plenty of runs. Yeah, they scored a lot too. They the, did. La- the last game they only scored four, but they aver- they they scored eight and six in the first two games. You got to be able to win if you score. Well, the first game they won, but you got to be able to win if you score six runs. If you score fourteen runs over the course of two games, mm-hmm. you should go two and zero. Oh. Yeah. There's I mean there's no no excuse to not win both of those games. And they did win one, obviously. Yeah. Um especially when you outscore your fucking opponent. I mean, we shut them out day one. So. Yeah. But you're not gonna like if you're two for ten with runners in scoring position and leave nine guys on base, you're not gonna win close games like that. And that's what they were in the second game of the series and then in the third game, <clears throat> excuse me, they left ten on base, so even worse. So, you know, it, it is what it is. You gotta execute Sometimes you don't. Yeah, and it is nice to see. I mean, look, because I've watched Braves teams in the past, even good Braves teams, where, um, I mean, they just don't hit for a week mm-hmm. or two weeks. And it's like, fuck, this is impossible to watch. Uh, but, I mean, these guys were just, they were hitting and getting on base right up until they couldn't. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, and it happens. I mean, that's just the way life goes, to be honest. Yeah, and it is. So it's been frustrating, but it is what it is. Like I said, it's it's the dog days of of summer. I mean, is there anything in there other than you just think these guys are fucking tired? Not even tired, but like it's just you know, it's like it's like three p.m. at work, right? Like you're trying trying to get to five, and they're in the like two to three o'clock range right now. It's after lunch. 
Yeah, and that, that's why I think um, you know late season call ups are important, even if you're doing well and don't need them. Yeah, it just kind of shakes things up. It, it's doing the same exact thing four to five times a day for uh, like 180 days in a row. That sounds terrible, <laughs> even though it's fun. It's you're playing baseball, but still, you know, it's like the the trope. I need a vacation from this vacation kind of right. situation. Yeah. I actually, you know, what's funny about that too is I was reading on um, somewhere today. I think it was Reddit actually, but they were talking about how I guess I didn't realize this. Anthony Rendon, is, I realized that Anthony Rendon is a total asshole. Mm. But what I didn't realize <laughs> is that he like he he doesn't really like his job. Mm-hmm. Not playing for the Angels, just playing baseball. And apparently, Kyle Tucker of the Astros is the same way. Like they're just like. Yeah, I just kind of do it because I'm good at it. So it's what I do for a living. Yeah, we've had, we've had athletes on the show before. It's mostly football players and mostly linemen who think this way. Well, it's mostly offensive linemen. Yeah, they don't give a fuck about football. Yeah, they're they're just there to fucking and offensive linemen and defensive tackles. Edge rushers usually are pretty excited about things. They they, they that has to be an exciting yeah, position. But but like tackles on both sides of the ball and then guards offensive guards they don't seem to really care that much right it's like i'm getting paid a fuckload of money to do this so yeah and i mean honestly you're more so than the skill position players you're basically playing a game within a game right Mm -hmm. like you're just battling one or the one the one to two guys it's basically the same time or the same way over and over and over again yeah and uh whether or not you i mean if you lose that it affects the team if you win that though it might not affect the team because i won't hundred of things left to have. Yeah, seriously. And then I wonder what it was like back in the day when there was only eight or 14 teams in the league. Right. Like, seriously, you're playing <clears throat> between um, between the early part of the 20th century up to what year was it? 1954, I think. They played 154 games before they expanded. Yeah. Maybe it was 58. I don't remember what year it was. But at some point, they expanded to 162. But you would play... If you're playing a hundred and let's just call it round number 160 games in a season, and there's only uh, uh, 13 other teams in the league, you're playing every team like a multiple dozen times. Well, and seeing the same pitcher over and yeah. over again. Well, and the thing is though, too, the AL and NL didn't play each other. Yeah, so you're yeah, playing yeah. the same, same six, seven, yeah, seven, six teams, yeah. I guess. So you're playing every <clears throat> team basically 26 times. Yeah. You really do just that's got to get boring as shit. Which means you you're going to see the same they they ran four man rotations back then so you're seeing the same pitcher at a minimum eight times in a year yeah. or not eight uh six times in a year. So that's I don't know. That that seems like a bit much. Yeah. Uh but you know, like I said, it, it, it the only thing that sucks for me as a fan on this is that you kind of get in that malaise as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like where you just like all right, another night of this. Like I'll take I kind of like this is the time of year I'll take like a week, two week breaks where, where I'll check in and maybe watch like bits of the game that are important, but I can't do like start to finish. Yeah. I got to kind of recharge for uh, usually the last couple years, a sort of uh, September run mm-hmm. to clinch the division looking like that's not going to happen this year. And then obviously uh, October. So this year it's kind of I'll watch September just to I mean the Dodgers have gotten a little close. I think they're six games back, five yeah. and a half back of the Braves now. So Yeah, I get I mean it's but nothing to be concerned about, certainly. Um, no, and it, other than uh home field in the LCS if they end up both playing mm-hmm. each other, I we have no idea what the bracket's gonna look like behind us yeah. in the in the what wild card round or whatever. Um 
Yeah, I, I'm not terribly concerned about that, to be honest. I mean, I think the Braves have the best – I think they have the best home record in baseball, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they're, they're, they're 34 and 20 on – or I'm sorry, the best road record. I think they're 34 and 20 on the road, and that is not normal. It, it's not normal to – and they're also 37 and 20 at home, right? So they're a little bit better at home than they are on the road, but they're really fucking good on the road. I mean, well, they've played three more games on the mm-hmm. at home, basically, and won three more – won those three games. So they're yeah. basically the same team at home and on the road, uh, which, yeah, that's fucking fine. And, I mean, for what it's worth – I guess the Dodgers are a little bit worse away from home, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Um, but in that series, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Aside from just if there's a if there's a long, close game, you get the last at bat, and that's certainly helpful. There's no question about that. But um, I, I don't think that home field advantage is going to play a role in who wins that, that series because it hasn't before. No, I mean, when we won the World Series in 21, we only had home field advantage, ironically, against the Dodgers, because mm-hmm. uh, we did not have it against the Brewers or Astros. Yeah. Um, and I say ironically, obviously, because if you don't remember, we had a worse record, but the Dodgers, quite a bit worse record than the Dodgers, mm-hmm. but they were the wild card team. So we got to uh, got to have home field. But yeah, dog days. So there's not a, a ton, ton to talk about. Not a lot going on. The Braves are kind of middling right now, which is fine. Better now than in October. Uh, but there is one thing I noticed uh, I that has really stood out to me that I want to talk about, uh, and I think it's time that we fully start sucking Matt Olson's dick. He's doing pretty well. I mean, it's hard to uh, – if you had any lingering doubt about his value – and look, Freddie Freeman's having a great year too. There's no question. Freddie Freeman's having a great year. Freddie, I mean, Freddie Freeman is probably if the, if the MVP voting ended today, he would finish second in, in MVP voting. More than likely, but Matt Olson would finish third. Yeah, you know, uh, I, no, but nobody else in the National League is anywhere close to those three guys. And obviously, number one's Acuna, but nobody in the National League is anywhere close to those three guys. I, I'm, some some people will get votes. Certainly, I mean, Arez will get votes because he's been banging in the high three hundreds all year, um, but. Uh, uh, it's not a crowded field. It's not this year. It's not a really crowded field, even uh, it, less less so in the American League. Like Shohei Otani is clearly oh, going yeah. to win the MVP unless he dies today, <laughs> and then still he may win. Right. Um. <clears throat> but in the National League, it is those three guys. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out for the rest of the year because Freddie Freeman's hitting three forty three, uh, and Acuna is a, just a couple of percentage points behind him, three thirty nine. There is. Uh, there's no chance. I don't think that uh, that Acuna can compete for a triple crown, but Otani is getting pretty close. Otani's getting close. No, Acuna is like 15 home runs behind Olson. Yeah, it's the home runs in the in the RBI for him. But yeah, um, <clears throat> let's see. Otani is third in batting average, and uh, uh, I believe he's second in RBI. First in home runs, second RBI to. Uh, Adolis Garcia, but it, it, only by four or five. So it, like he has, Otani has a legit, a legit shot at uh, triple crown this year, which yeah. is crazy. He's insane. But I mean, Olsen, so for all of last year, we were kind of like, man, Olsen's having a, a down year, which mm. hilarious because he hit like 35 home runs or something. You know what I mean? Like he had a great yeah. year last year. Certainly a year most MLB players would kill for and a year most teams would take from their first baseman. Um, but this year, starting out again, we were like, okay, okay, like hopefully he gets a little more back to being Matt Olson. That was technically a down year for him, kind of. And 
He didn't really start out that way. He was mm. he's been hitting home runs all year, no question. But there was a while where he was floating, hitting like two twenty, two thirty. Mm. We thought the shift or uh, lack thereof was going to make a difference in his batting average and on base percentage and stuff like that, make him a more dangerous hitter uh, all around because he was one of the biggest victims of the shift, and that didn't seem to materialize for mm. a while. But it's fucking here. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's looking real nice. I mean, um, pretty much in every way, his his strikeout rate has gone down every month of the season. Yeah, um, like literally every month of the season, and and right now it's it's on pace to be way lower even this season than it, or this uh, this month than it was last, and uh, <clears throat> his OPS has climbed uh, the last three months by about 100 to 200 points each month. So, you know, you want your guys certainly getting better as the year goes on. He's, he's, uh, I think it is the contact and being in the right position in the batting order too. I don't think being uh, hitting the two hole was all that great. So his OPS in the two hole was 830 and his OPS uh, since he's been batting fourth is 1242. (laughs) That'll fucking do. Yeah, and his strikeout rate is, let's see, about a third less than it was. He's also hitting three forty three in the four hole. Um, so that's where he belongs, clearly. Um, and, you know, we've talked about this a bunch before, but Austin Riley in the three hole has historically not been very good for the Braves. But it's been, you know, it's been because in the four hole has been so no one to fucking fear frankly it's been darno it's been ozuna sometimes it's been albies oh, yeah um but good now, hitters but not no now you have an mvp hitting behind you and you see the result i mean it's always been about approach for riley and i think he was pressing hard in the first part of the season everybody else around him is is having a great season and he starts pressing and now i think having olsen behind you with a 975 ops that takes a lot of pressure off you, frankly. And and then, I mean, behind Olsen, you have fucking Sean Murphy. Yeah, with a 900 OPS as well. I mean, it, that 3-4-5 yeah. is, is brutal. One, one through five. I don't know that I've ever seen a one through five in the history of baseball that's better than this. I don't know. I would, I would have to look. I mean, because even, even those early Yankees teams, their leadoff hitters were just like, they slapped the ball around a little bit. You know what I mean? It wasn't like they weren't they, – they didn't have – OPS is in the 900s back then. It just uh, wasn't that the common. leadoff hitters? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me look at a... Man, there's one team in particular that I think um, might be it, that might have done it. Uh, I'm trying to look up their batting order, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, if it's an old team, you can tell by the number on the jersey. Because the batting order was oh, their number. No, this is a 90s team. Mm. Um Damn. Okay, I can't find their batting order, but uh, the '95 Indians were going Kenny Lofton, and then I assume Carlos Baerga was second. Was he? Did um, he bat second? Yeah, he was second. Uh, I think Tomei was third. Albert Bell was fourth, and Manny Ramirez was fifth, if I'm not mistaken. And then Eddie Murray sixth. Yeah, I believe so. That that's pretty goddamn good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not. That's not too fucking. That was the first one that came to mind because Tomei no. Bell. Well, that's a young, that's a young Tomei and an old Murray. Yes. So not as good as their peak, certainly, but still pretty serviceable. And Bayerga was really good, but he wasn't great or anything. I mean, uh, man, and their first baseman, uh, 
Paul Sereno hit 25 home runs that year as well. Yeah, Paul Sereno went on to have a great career uh, with with Chicago after that. As a matter of fact, he think he won a World Series in 2002 with them, right? Or three? What year? Or five? Five. Sox won five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Maybe maybe that team. That's pretty good. But um, yeah, you're right. Murray was old. But I mean, just every everything that I, I was just like my I was just my eyes were popping looking at Olsen's numbers because I hadn't really checked in aside from. Just the home runs because he's mm-hmm. one home run behind Otani. Now he's got thirty nine, and Otani's got forty. Oh, and and the RBIs because Olson was the first major leaguer to a hundred uh, this year. Yep, in RBIs, so he's leading the major leagues in RBIs. But I had I did not realize I had not realized um, that he had climbed to seventh in WRC plus. Mm. He's one fifty five. That makes him a top ten hitter in baseball, um, and he's a top he's top like twenty in wins above replacement. But I kind of I don't really care about uh, Winsboro Pleasants is fun to look at, but they're, 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 he's getting dinged negatively on defense, which like just blow me. Like, he's obviously not bad at defense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, second at homers, OPS at 975, which is, I mean, I didn't realize that. I, I had not realized it had gotten that high. It's pretty good. It's, 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 that's insane. That's, you, you cannot ask for a better OPS than that. I mean, no. it's, it's you're completely in the fucking bonus at that. Well, point. What happens when you have a full month at twelve hundred OPS? Right. Um, because and looking through August so far, I don't know if you've noticed, but Michael Harris is hitting four forty in August. Sweet, sweet. He's hitting four forty and with a twelve hundred OPS as well. I know. By the way, Arcia had three RBIs last night out of mm. the eight hole, including a home run and the game winning double. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Double. Um, I assume they scored that a double might have been a base hit, and then he just reached on the throw at home. But um, even oh, so, here's the thing though uh, that is that especially encouraging to me is that it, like I said, it finally happened. He's finally hitting like we thought he was going to uh, when the shift went away. In that his batting average is up to two sixty seven, right? So he's making contact, he's putting the ball in play, and it's going where the fielders no longer are standing as they would be last year. He's not hitting it into a net, basically. Yeah. And that's fucking huge, because now his on-base percentage is up to 373. I mean, he's, he's a fully formed weapon at this point, whereas I think at the beginning of the year, he was obviously better, but he was more akin to like a polished, like the best version of Joey Gallo or something. Yeah. And now he's a hitter. I'm looking at the... Highest team OPS in in uh, in history, and you have to scrub out the teams from the 19th century, obviously. Yeah. Um, but then that's the first three, and then the next three are all 27, 30, and 36 Yankees. Sounds about right. I don't really, I don't really pay much attention to that, to be honest. That's like Anything the, pre-war, pre-integration kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> the team since World War II, 1950 Red Sox, that's when Ted Williams came back. Um, t- 2003 Red Sox was a great team. Mariners in 96 with Jay Buter, Griffey, A-Rod. And Edgar Martinez. Edgar Martinez. I mean, that's a great team. And Omar Vizquel was on the team too. And then Omar Vizquel went over to Cleveland, and they pop up on this list as well in 99. Um the 2023 Braves are tied with the 99 Indians right now for since 
World War II, maybe sixth place, something Jeez. like that. I mean, that's that's pretty wild. It's like an historically good offense. Yeah. Which is not like not it's never been it's never really been the brave style necessarily. Uh with the exception of two thousand three, we have always been a light offensive team, I feel yeah. like. Like it just hasn't been I mean, like that ninety nine uh Indians team, by the way. Also fucking insane. Manny Manny Ramirez was still there. Yeah, I mean, here's here's their daily lineup: Kenny Lofton, Omar Vizquel, Roberto Alomar, Jim Tomey, Manny Ramirez, David Justice, uh, and a young uh, Richie Sexton was his backup, by the way. Who he went on to do pretty good, yeah, uh, pretty well in uh, in what do you call it in uh, uh, Milwaukee yeah. after that. <clears throat> yeah, there, there's not to mention Brian team. Giles. Mm-hmm. Brian Giles was dope. I did not realize how good Brian Giles was. I was randomly looking at his Fangrass page the other day. He uh he's not a Hall of Famer, but he's kind of close. Yeah, he, he hit he hit uh over 300 home runs, right? Uh I think so, but I mean he has a career on base percentage of 400. He's got a career 900 OPS. That'll do it. Yeah, pretty pretty fucking good. Um yeah, those Indian teams were were dope. I, and back to Olsen though, like have you seen any adjustments, or is it him just kind of staying the course and letting the ball, letting things sort of uh, average out as they may? Um, yeah, I actually have seen him lay off bad pitches better. There, he, he's got the same hole in his swing that Michael Harris does, actually, which is uh, breaking stuff that starts over the inside part of the plate and works its way in towards him. That, especially low and in, to both of those guys, they have a bit. They they have historically had both had big problems um, uh, tracking that pitch. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, and then Harris still does. He's young though. He's twenty two years old or twenty one now. Twenty one years old, I think. Uh, he might be twenty two. Um, but he that that'll yeah he's twenty two. That'll that'll come with time for him because you can still pepper that fastball just uh, high out of the zone and he'll swing at that shit. Yeah. Um, Speaking of... uh, Something tells me that Harris might think he's uh, quick enough to get it. Whereas I, I don't think. Well, yeah, that's what your brain tells you, right? When you when you see a fastball that's letter high, your brain's like, "Oh, that's right at my eye level. That must be a good thing to hit." Yeah. Except for your arms are not at your fucking eye level. <laughs> uh, by the way, that '96 Indians team, uh, Kevin Seitzer was on Jeez. as well. So maybe that's where he learned how to be a good hitting coach. That is a extremely um, cursed decade for yeah. those Indians teams. It is, yeah. They um, really should have won one. They, you, I mean, just Dennis Martin, like that whole team was so good. They had so much talent on that team on uh, their pitching as well. Charles Charles Nagy was great. Oral um, Hershiser was on the '95 team for yeah. sure. I don't know Dennis that. Martinez. I think uh, uh, and and I don't know Jose Mesa was one of the best closers in baseball too. They had okay. everything. Um, but anyways, yeah. I, as far as Olsen swinging, I don't I don't think I've seen anything mechanically change with his swing, but I definitely have seen his approach better. Yeah, it's, like he's it's seen been, it's been better. better. Yes, like he's not offering at shitty pitches nearly as much, and you can tell his strikeout rate has gone down precipitously. It's not always uh, there's not always a correlation between strikeout rate and higher OPS, right? And, and even even power numbers, right? And uh, uh, isolated power specific uh, home run numbers or anything like that. There's not always a correlation there, but I think it does speak to what problems he was having. The fact that his strikeout rate is down and his OPS is up so high. Yeah. Because he's not, he he's hitting good pitches now. He, I mean, he's crushing good pitches now and you know, 
it's interesting. Uh, he's not necessarily a slow starter. Um, his his op- career OPS month by month is relatively evenly distributed. Mm. Usually June is his best month. He's got a 900 OPS in June, but every other month, 834 in May. So I guess you could say he's a slow starter, but March, April is 852. And then... 885 July, 841 August, 857 September, October. So, I mean, it's re- June is a bit by far his best month, but otherwise it's pretty pretty much the same all, all through the months. And, and even WRC Plus, about the same every month. Uh, August is actually usually one of his shittier months. So, it's not, I, I, so I don't, it doesn't seem like it's just like, oh, he needed time to, to warm up or anything mm-hmm. like that. It, it's just, I don't know. He's young enough too, where we're, maybe we're seeing a, just growth as a player yeah i mean if it, if that is the case and something's clicked for him uh and the result is you know a, a 950 plus ops and 50 home runs and 140 rbis you can't really complain about that can you i mean uh no that's no. that's pretty good i mean we have it like acuna's on pace for 145 runs scored yeah and 98 rbi I mean that's like an that's a that's an all time good season. Um, that's that's a steroid era season. Yeah, you know that's like mean? if you gave Ricky Henderson steroids. Yeah, essentially. I <clears throat> what's so what's crazy to me about the Olsen thing too is, um, so Olsen has a hundred RBIs. This is where I wanted to get with this conversation in particular is, I think you can now make a serious argument that he's as or more valuable than Freddie Freeman this year. Even though Freeman has higher win above replacement and a higher WRC plus, I think I don't I don't think there's any question about it, and it isn't about how Olson specifically compares to Freddie Freeman because they're both great players. Freddie's obviously better at making contact; he's a better situational hitter, all that stuff, right? He's a better two hole hitter. We don't need a better two hole hitter, right? Like if you look at how well Austin Riley has played in a in a spot in the batting order that he has historically for multiple seasons not been very good in mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden you put Olsen in that position behind him that is that that and this is what you know great managers do it's why it's weird that this didn't happen fucking two months ago when Olsen's OPS when his his, his raw numbers were good but his OPS was, was fucked for him yeah in the two hole for two months a two-month-long experiment. And they were winning games, so what the fuck are you going to do? Right. But it's everybody, we were all talking about the batting order for months. Yep. Like, when the fuck is Snicker going to do something about this? Not us on this show. I mean, uh, everybody on Twitter on every Atlanta Braves post yeah. in the first two months of the season were like, what the fuck are we doing here? We, everybody was having conversations about moving Riley around, whatever. So anyways, back to the point. Olsen to the Braves is more valuable than Freddie Freeman is. Because of him being able to elevate uh, Austin Riley's game, that okay. that's uh, to me. There's no question about that. So you think it's it's sort of um, like an NBA situation, right? You can't just necessarily. You could for a minute, but you can't really anymore. Just slap three superstars together yeah. and be like, "Go win!" Because no, you means- got they have to complement one another, right? Certainly, yeah. And you, look, Austin Riley had a great year last year. Great year, uh, uh, missed very little games. Um, he's on pace for a better season this year. He's going to have more hits this year. His OPS is going to be, well, we'll see if his OPS 
uh, continues to climb. It looks like it could track to be better for him. Uh, his strikeout rate is going to be down a little bit this year. He's going to have more RBI this year and more hits than he had last year and score more runs than he had last year. And that's like the the point of offense is to score runs. Right. And he's going to score about 15 or more runs more than he did last year this year just by way of having Matt Olson hit behind him. Mm-hmm. That's Well, and you know, something that's interesting and obviously uh, stats <sighs> – a lot of stats have gone out of um, vogue, right? Like batting average, RBIs, because their batting average doesn't paint a whole picture, and um, RBIs are dependent on other players, mm-hmm. right? You can't just walk up there and score three points like you can in basketball, right? So one thing that's interesting to me, though, I looked this up a week ago. I don't know if I brought it up, is that Freeman and uh, uh, Olsen have – Basically, the exact same number of at bats with men on and men in scoring position. Okay, all right. <clears throat> Olson has about twenty more RBI than Freddie Freeman. Olson also has, I think, uh, sixteen or seventeen more homers. Yeah. So that entire difference, he's driven in seventeen more runs because he's hit seventeen more home runs. Sure. Yeah. And that. To me, even though you know it's like, well, no, it doesn't pay the whole. Like you got to look at WRC plus and stuff like that. Like, I don't know how I can look at that and not be like, I think that person might be more valuable. Well, so one of the metrics that I personally like that is a counting stat metric. So it's not an analytic necessarily, but it's a counting stat metric that to me makes a lot of sense, especially for top to middle of the order people, but it really makes sense for anybody. Is a stat called runs responsible for, right? Yeah, runs responsible for is runs plus RBI minus home runs. So it's how many runs you scored as a base runner plus how many you drove in minus the home runs that you hit so you don't double dip, basically, right? Uh, Freddie Freeman this year has scored 100 runs. He has hit 23 home runs and driven in 181. So that's 158 runs responsible for. Um, Hang on just a sec. I I moved to the wrong page here. So... um, uh, Olsen has hit uh I'm sorry, he's got he scored eighty six runs plus driven in a hundred now, right? Yeah. So that's one eighty six. And he's hit how many? Forty. Forty home oh, runs. Oh no, thirty nine, sorry. Thirty nine. So minus thirty nine. Oops. Minus six. So he's about hold on, where was it? One fifty eight? He's 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 about ten runs responsible for behind Freddie Freeman right now. Okay. So, uh, but you can you can track these based on the position in the lineup. So you get an average, I think, of twenty three extra at bats for each higher rung in the batting order you are. Right, right. So he's two. So that's forty six additional at bats. They're close. I mean, it's it's way closer. And, and Freddie Freeman is having a career year this, this year. It right? would be the best year. This, of his this, career. this would be the best year of his career. He's got an OPS over a thousand, and still Matt Olson is neck and neck with him just now entering his prime. So the question, I guess, is or just not just now entering his prime, but now that he's starting to move into his prime. Uh, I, I don't think you can. I don't think there's any objective way you can look at that and, and think that it's not going well. Right, that the that the right decision for everybody was made, including Freddie. By the way, I think that was a good like his family's from SoCal, so all, yeah, he, all that makes sense to me. He and and Olson's a, a Georgia guy. Yeah, uh, uh, like I never got butt hurt that he was going to leave. 
at any point. I thought it's fine. Like, it's certainly not, especially when you're just going back home. Yeah. Um, I, I just think it's fascinating because it really does look like on the surface, uh, and it did at the time, and it, and it still did, I think, uh, a lot of the way through this year. It's like, okay, okay, okay. Like, Olsen's really good. Freddie's the better like hitter overall but we'll get some home we'll get home run more, a little more home run out of uh uh Olsen than we will out of Freddie Freeman so maybe it'll even out but I mean like Olsen's just keeping up everywhere yeah basically and obviously his I mean he I mean even he's only if his OPS his OPS is what only like 30 points behind Freeman which yeah, is not that much. much yeah um <laughs> I mean it's it's stunning to see oh and the other note on this by the way is he, he uh, it, in the second half, uh, Olsen has uh, 25 hits in 22 games, a 325 average. OPS is 11, almost 1,200. Uh, 202 WRC plus and his batting average on balls in play, it's just 300. He's not getting any crazy luck. He's just fucking hitting. Yeah. So uh, this, to me, is, is just really fucking exciting to see because I always loved... Uh, from Freddie, just the way he was like, just the, such a fucking reliable hitter, and that's was the thing you know you always love about Chipper Jones, yeah. right? It was just like, man, this guy is just can fucking hit. Well, the stat, the stats are super. The the rate and counting stats are all really close, but you can see differences, and it's why like Olsen it belongs in in the four. He he belongs as a cleanup hitter. You can see the differences. Freddie Freeman has like twenty, I think twenty more doubles. Okay. Then Olsen does. And make you want, like I, I don't want my four hole hitter leading the league in doubles. Right. You know what I mean? I, the Braves are fortunate to have a middle to lower part of the lineup that crushes anyways. But all things being equal, you want more doubles in your two slot than their four mm-hmm. slot, obviously, for all the reasons, right? right? Because your best run producers, the, the guys that drive and runs are coming right behind you. So it's just a mat like the numbers are a little bit different, maybe adjusted for the position of the batting order. They might even be closer than they already are. But Freeman in the two hole makes sense. And Olsen in the four. I don't think I would flip flop those guys. I think that was a mistake. It's Snitker just not. It's Snitker being an old man. Right. It takes them a long time to fucking figure out what's going on. I guess I don't. I don't know. It was very bizarre that he was just <clears> like, "Well, we put our old first baseman there, so it's like batting your fastest guy leadoff. That doesn't always make the most sense, dude. Yeah. It, it, like the the point is to score runs. It isn't, and that that's what Billy Bean figured out before everybody else. Uh, and luckily, it's kind of permeated through the rest of the league but not necessarily to the Braves because <laughs> Snedker is a guy that's been in baseball for 40 plus years yeah, now. Yeah, he was hired by Hank Aaron. Yeah. He uh, he he's like oh boy. Uh, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He he's I I the Braves seem to win in spite of him though. <laughs> but I I will just say I'm I'm very excited to see this from Matt Olson. And I think you know now that he, his home runs are so high People talk and the RBI, but really the home runs. He's neck and neck with Otani. That people are, are starting to talk about him a lot, but he really was kind of drowned out in in the talk of all the other stars of Acuna, of mm. course, who deserves to get more ink than than Olson certainly. Um, but even Murphy, because Murphy has been having an incredible year. And then on the pitching side, Strider putting up ridiculous numbers. But now here comes Olson, who might win. Uh, He's not going to win a triple crown, but he might le- end up leading the majors in two of three triple crown categories. Yep. And, and I mean, it's just it's just crazy. And, I, and I'm really he's a good dude. So I'm really happy that he's finding success in a non Joey Gallo <laughs> type of way. Yeah. Um, 
But I, I just think appreciate Matt Olson if you haven't been for more than the home runs because this guy is just flat out raking. Yeah. Right now. And I, I also wonder about um, I wonder about Acuna. I really do. It's it's he's definitely healthy now. So that's good. For the first time in a while, he's he's this from the beginning of the season, he's been fully healthy this whole time. <clears throat> and yeah, he's that that plays a big role. I think in the production and shit like that, but you know, the, the, the way he's elevated his game this year is what you typically see out of a guy in his 27 to 29 year Mm -hmm. stretch, right? Like when you're entering your prime, which is where Olsen is, right? Yeah. Right. So, and you're seeing it in Olsen, he's doing that the way that it isn't just about being healthy for Acuna, the way that he's elevated his game, like his strikeout rate, is so low it has gone down i i don't think for for anybody with 25 or more home runs i don't think anybody's anywhere close to him strikeout rate wise he's striking out like 11 percent of the time now. right it, it is it is the lowest i've ever seen for a power hitter. i mean he, he is putting the bat on the ball at will in the with the likes of a res or freeman but doing mm-hmm. it with a fucking cannon exit velocity yeah. It's incredible. I'm kind of curious about this. I'm going to look at guys that have 25 or more home runs. There's only 10. Let's see. There's not many. See, um, I think there's probably like 10. I, I, it's, it's actually there's weird. That, about, there's about 15, it okay. looks like. The home run counts have, are not super high this year. The Braves, I think in the top like 15, the Braves have like four or five guys. Yeah, so there's... Um, it looks like there's about 15 guys that have 25. Yeah, 15 that have 25 or more. One, two, two of them have less than 80 strikeouts. And those two people are Ozzy Albies and Ronald Acuna. And Acuna has 16 less strikeouts than Albies does. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's, I, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like this in the modern era of baseball. Yeah. Maybe with Bonds or something like that. When, during his stretch, but goddamn, if you're getting compared to the most juiced up human being of all time, I, yeah, fucking for real. Uh, that's 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 pretty wild, man. I got to be honest. It, it's his just everything he's doing is incredible right now, and it, like this is a this is his age twenty five season. Like, how where is it going to go from here? I know it's it's uh, it's unbelievable. And I mean, even so, Freeman's got twenty three with the, to compare to Acuna because they are the two front runners to yeah. the NL MVP race. <clears throat> He's striking out 5% less than Freeman and uh, walking 1% more. Yeah, that's that part is really wild because Freeman isn't much of a strikeout guy either. No, and he's a he's a on-base machine, but uh, yeah. Acuna has him beat on on-base and not quite on slugging because yeah. Freeman is cranking doubles. I'm, I'm trying to find a, a decent comp for this, and I'm my, for, from the modern era, my, the only person I can think of is Mike Trout, but he struck out a lot. I mean, he struck out like 140 plus times a year in most of those MVP caliber years he had. Um, yeah, like those nine plus wins above replacement years where he had a thousand OPS. Almost every one of them, he had 140 plus strikeouts in those. And and Acuna's on pace for like 80 I mean, for the whole, for the entire 80 or 90 strikeouts for the entire season. <laughs> Matt Olson, by the way, uh, fifth in the major leagues in walks. Makes sense. I mean, it, it, I I bet there's a correlation. If you look through his career, there's probably a correlation with uh, walks and uh, uh, a higher slugging percentage. I, I bet there is. Yeah. Just because he's seeing the ball better and not swinging at bullshit pitches. Um, <clears throat> now, 
the I heard the broadcast talking about this the other day about the Braves lineup. And one of the things that uh that I think it was it may have been Glavin. I don't remember who it was exactly, but they said the thing that's different about this team because they were talking about the team OPS. Yeah, you know they've been making these graphics that show all the Braves hitters OPS and the league average OPS. Right, right, right. It's like, all right, cool. That's everybody in the, on the team is well above the league average <laughs> in OPS. But then Brian, I don't remember who it was. Somebody said, um, "There's two things you know about this team. One is that every one of these hitters can fuck you up. Right. Yeah." Everyone, there's not a safe place in this lineup. And then part two is these guys play every single day. Mm-hmm. Like almost everyone, except for the catcher position, or if somebody's injured somewhere, the top one through four, they played every single game this year, I think. Uh, so Acuna, Albies, Olsen, and Riley have all played every single game. Yeah. So one through four in your lineup has played literally every game, and five in your lineup is your catcher position, where you have two guys that are all stars. Right. Do you um, think? Do you have any concern about that? Fuck about- no, they're all twenty five years old. Why would I have any concern <laughs> about that? No, play every game. Man. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, that was. I mean, Freeman always played every game too, and, and yeah. so did Dansby, and they were that never seemed to affect the that. oldest guy on that list by a wide margin by about four three years. I think is a. I think. Uh, 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 Riley's actually twenty six now, but Olson Olson's the oldest guy at 29 but he plays fucking first base and by the way he doesn't run fast enough to even get tired (laughs) so i'm not worried about that at all uh to be honest no i'm not worried about that that's this is does anybody have more fun as a unit playing baseball than acuna albies and uh uh orlando arcia honestly do do you see anybody having that much fun play not since adrian beltre and then whomever his sidekick is elvis andrews elvis andrews was one of them yeah uh, he always had one. He always had a little buddy. Yeah. And then Miguel Cabrera as well. Always had a little buddy that he would like to fuck with on his teams. <laughs> I don't it's it's easy to have fun when you're winning, I guess. Well, I um, mean all the uh, with oh, with the exception of Olsen, basically all these guys have known is winning. Yeah. Certainly, <laughs> I mean Albies was called up I think the year before we made our first playoff appearance with this iteration of the team, but Riley and Acuña have only been there for the playoffs and Olsen uh he even made the playoffs in Oakland once. Yeah, no shit. That's so, that's a claim to fame these days. I know. Um, he made the last Oakland playoff team, as a matter of fact. Ever. Probably, yeah. I would imagine ever. Well, they're not making it this year, so yeah, it definitely was yeah. ever because they're moving now. Um, yeah, it's good. I, I like seeing that. You can tell it isn't like Kyle Tucker, or and no offense to him, he's a fucking great baseball player. I love watching Kyle Tucker play. But these guys clearly enjoy their jobs every day. A hundred percent. From top to bottom, like... The backup catcher Darno is like the happiest dude I've ever seen. Yeah, for real. Um, I don't know that Ozuna knows where he is half the time. No, but everybody else seems to be pretty. They they really enjoy I mean, playing. God baseball. bless him. We don't like him, but he's ha- he seems to have fun. Yeah, yeah. He's constantly slapping yeah. his wiener around in the yeah. dugout and yeah. whatever the fuck else. Um, but yeah, I, this team thankfully plays with a lot of joy, which was the only thing, the only real complaint I ever had about the '90s Braves is that it was just like business yeah it's fun to watch it's like the difference between watching uh you know the chiefs dominate and watching the patriots dominate one of them is clearly having a lot more fun doing it than the other guy right you know and it's i as a fan it's just more fun to watch and honestly you do mm. get the vibe from a team like that that they're more and this could be all vibes Mm. but it does feel like a team like that is more dangerous late in a close game yeah, then there's something about that energy that fucking I don't even know if it's I don't know if it's the team with the energy 
and that helps them perform better. Or if it's that the energy is intimidating to the other team, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't, you just can't fucking stop. These guys are relentless all the time. I think it, if you aren't <clears throat> like the top one to five percentile of professional athletes are killers. You know what I mean? Like Kobe right. level, not, not talent wise, but I mean in their head, like I'm going to fucking win. There's nothing going to stop me. That's just, even at that level, it's just the cream of the crop that's at that level. And everybody else is in their own head from time to time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's gotta be seeing those guys. <clears throat> it's like, well, if you can't <sighs> summon the psychotic, yeah, then you need to summon like joy basically. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, sometimes it's both though. Right. Right. It's like I, I being in gunfights and hearing the other side laughing as they're shooting. You're like, Oh fuck, these people are crazy. It's like fighting Vikings or some shit. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, but it, as a, despite all that stuff, it's all as a fan, just it's easy or not easy, but it's really fun to watch that. I, I'm, I'm glad that baseball, like, and that's why I don't care about people pimping home runs and shit like that. Who fucking cares? Fuck Have fun, no. man. It's a goddamn game. It's the best. Now then now we just need more fights. Yes, more fighting would be great. That that would by the way, that Tim <clears throat> Anderson fight to get into that real quick. Um that's exactly what you've been requesting for years. For years. Yeah. Just like when somebody gets out of line, you fucking drill them. You guys fight each other. Don't kick them out of the game for sure. That's fine, whatever. But don't suspend people for that stuff. That's stupid. They're they're fucking grown men playing a game. Let them fight. Let like in the NFL there's a play, a play happens. Right. One dude gets hit too late or too hard. He jumps up and pushes the other guy. They fucking yell at each other. Usually there's not even a penalty, mm-hmm. right? Because that's obvious that that happened. Right. Of course it happened. Why do you want to fucking tamp down the energy these guys have? Because you think it looks bad? Is anybody anywhere, anybody anywhere that's baseball or baseball adjacent talking about how that was a negative thing? No. Not one fucking person. It's been has the best that. story of the month, probably. Just let it happen, man. And that, by the way, is the type of shit during these months, basically second half July, mm-hmm. August, before you get into the September pennant races. That's when you really need that shit. And that's also, I think, when it'll when it would happen the most if you let it yeah, happen. Yeah, because everybody's be- frustrated. Yeah, yeah. yeah, everyone's got basically like cabin fever, yeah. right? Like, you're just like, I can't fucking take the season anymore. Just let it happen, man. It doesn't have to turn into the ECHL where it's only about fighting for a while. It <laughs> right. doesn't have, but like a, from time to time, look, it's part, that's part of a sports rivalry is, is dudes fucking each other up sometimes. Just yeah, the way it is. I don't, you know what they don't really ever show highlights of uh, is Alex Rodriguez <clears throat> hitting home runs off of the Red Sox. Yeah. What they show is, Jason Veritek shoving Alex Rodriguez's face after A Rod talks yeah. shit, or or Roger Clemens throwing a broken bat at uh, your your guy's best friend Mike Piazza. Yes, yeah, right? Mike. We, we took that personally, even then. Yeah. Uh, but certainly now, uh, yeah, that's what you see. Like I don't know a single other highlight from that Subway series from two thousand nine. From two thousand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Then uh, then Roger Clemens throwing the bat at Piazza. No, maybe. Well, it was later when uh, Pedro threw homeboy on the ground right that old dude oh don zimmer yeah don zimmer that was around the same time as the a-rod shit i yeah. think or no that would have been a little no yeah it was around the same time yeah that might have been the same fight it could have been yeah yeah but that's another one i don't remember the only two highlights that i literally remember from that red Sox yankees classic mm. uh mid early 2000s rivalry are the aaron boone home run 
that won the LCS in uh, the LCS in 2003. Yeah. And then um Which I guess is the only get- reason he still has a job by the way. Cuz he's the I know I joke about uh Snit but Aaron Boone is the worst manager in baseball. Dude, just terrible. He has no idea what he's doing. Dude, that organization is if they didn't have money, they would they would be losing 90 games a year. Yeah. That Don Zimmer thing was the 2003 ALCS. So it was that same series okay. that Aaron Boone hit that walk off. That's fucking sick. Yeah. And uh, and you hear I I've seen that I've seen Pedro throw Don Zimmer to the ground more than I've seen the Aaron Boone walk off. Way and more. There have only been, I think, at the LC, LCS level or higher. I think there's only been three walk off series enders in the history of baseball, and I've still seen Zimmer get thrown to the ground more than that. Right, right. And I mean that's uh, and the, the same with the the Veritex shove. Like those mm. are the lasting images it's not you know it, what it, it, if, the, if it's not even the walk-off that should probably tell you something yeah and again like <clears throat> you don't want them you don't want the fighting to become the main attraction but it won't be because at the end of the day like i assume uh no red Sox fan i guess they got their redemption in 2004 but mm. no red Sox fan is really like all that hyped about Pedro throwing Zimmer to the ground, knowing how that series ended. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's just—it's really for yeah. us. It's for the people who mm-hmm. aren't Red Sox or obviously Yankees fans because I don't think they like seeing Joe Torre's grandpa get fucking thrown into the dirt by uh, an immigrant. But uh, definitely not in Southie. <laughs> no, they no. want to see that down there. We don't want to play that shit down here. No, in Charlestown. But uh, it's uh, yeah. It, it. I would love to see more of that. And by the way, there's reason to not want it to there like there would be reasons to not do it too like you certainly wouldn't want like we certainly wouldn't want um you know ronald acuna breaking his hand on some pittsburgh pirates face right no but that's why you have a fucking goon on your team yeah you know what i mean that's that's the whole point is to have a guy that does that for you your third string catcher yeah. is just some fucking psycho yeah um i don't know baseball is weird about doing stuff sometimes teams are weird like this bullshit going on with um <clears throat> with the Orioles, I Kevin Brown, who is their main and he's their play-by-play guy, is their main announcer and has been for a little while now. I'm sure everybody's heard about this at this point, but the guy does an opening segment, the pregame segment. It's probably like a five to seven minute segment that happens every game. Like, what are the keys to success here? Right. Or here's some historical background on this particular series. The Orioles have sucked out loud against Tampa Bay for years. Right. Since 2017, basically, is the last time they won at Tampa Bay. So literally throughout, just throughout their rebuild. Yeah. And he's like, look, it's been rough in Tampa Bay, but look, now we're having success. That's the whole narrative <laughs> right. of the thing was now we're, ha- now we're in a position to come back and fuck these dudes up. We just took over first place from them. We're in a great spot. This is how I'm proud of this team. That yeah. was the narrative. And the Orioles suspended him indefinitely for that. And by the- well, I don't understand what fucking possible conversation could have been had behind the scenes amongst Orioles management and ownership that would have precipitated a suspension there. That is, this is deeply embarrassing for everybody. Oh, it's, it's, the, it's the saddest thing I've seen in baseball in Have in you years. heard anything from the team explaining any of this shit? No, well, they, they didn't expect to have to explain it because they were going to do it in private. They were going to like shadow ban them mm-hmm. for a week and just be like, oh, it's a scheduled break. But someone leaked the info from inside Baltimore's front office. Good. And they've been trying to figure out who, and now they're trying to figure out what the fuck to, uh, how the fuck to respond to it, basically. Man, 
the way to respond is just to sell the team. Like I, I feel like Angelos is one of the worst. Yeah, fucking owners. He, he has been for a long time. Uh, that that is just so embarrassing, man. I I think that might be the dumbest thing I've ever seen a front office in Major League Baseball do. It's bad. Other other than March shot calling Deion Sanders her million dollar N word. That <laughs> that was a mistake and got her banned from baseball. <laughs> but aside from that, I mean, I'm I'm thinking about just the way you treat your employees. That that's. I don't understand it. Like what what where did you get offended? You're you're the owner of the team now as well when they're doing well. Yeah. Like you rebuilt Baltimore from a very middling to shitty situation into a goddamn what looks like it might become uh an empire of a team over the next decade. Yeah. And you're explaining like, hey, it was fucked for a while and now we're better. Like nobody gets mad at the fucking before weight loss picture. <laughs> That's a that's a it's just a weird take. I don't understand it. I don't understand. I would love to hear. Hopefully they'll do somebody at some point will explain how this went down or maybe I, I don't know. We're talking about billionaires here, so it could right. just be garden variety petulance. But he is Brown is back on the air tonight or on Friday. So tonight when the show airs, he he's got. By the way, I think his contract is up after this year. Oh really? Yeah. So uh, I think uh, Buster Olney was talking about it on Twitter the other or yesterday. Um, man, there's no not one fucking prayer I would return. I would definitely be looking for another. No job. fucking way, because he's one of the best in baseball. Yeah, they, and they did this. They have a history of this shit too. Uh, do you remember? You know who John Miller is right. Yep. Uh, he he and Joe Morgan were Monday or Sunday night baseball for years yep. together. Uh, they did the same thing to John Miller in the '90s, and he went over to San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, it's like the almost the same, not not the same situation, but. Treated him poorly and he left. And I, he was I, he was one of the most highly regarded play by play guys in, in for the country. for me. John Miller is the best play by play guy in the history of baseball. I think if you take if you talk about the confluence of style and substance as a play by play guy, I don't think anybody's ever been better than him. Yeah. Um. Obviously, people like maybe you. The Dodgers did pretty well there for a while as well. I, I'm just <laughs> yeah. not a Vince Scully guy. I don't. I don't like the 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 over production on the voice and all that bull like the, the uh, old timey it just sounds like a, it, to me it, it feels like the older version of the strip club DJ voice that's on morning radio everywhere like yeah talk like this we got talks like this like yeah I, I don't fucking John Miller had a great voice and also knew everything yeah. about baseball I mean he knew fucking everything and was sharp quick everything was in there all this uh, when it was supposed to be the only guy that's ever come anywhere close to him announcer wise for me is uh <clears throat> what the fuck's his name he was a, he was the orioles guy for a while too um uh ah oh man i could see a stupid face in my head um but he he mostly did he did hockey a lot too oh oh fuck yeah i know who you're talking um, about um on espn he did hockey yeah gary G- thorne yeah gary thorne is is uh for any sport, to be honest, but mo- like baseball, baseball he especially, voice. he was great. But it was like the voice for him, right? That was his yeah. thing. John Miller had a good voice. It wasn't like the the typical, you know, deep uh, baseball announcer voice that you hear. But uh, the style and substance for combined for that, like how do you how do you fuck it up twice? How do you make that mistake and lose a great announcer? Because they're not there aren't you. You texted me about two weeks ago. You're like. Because uh, you were watching the the away team 
broadcast yeah. for some reason or so I don't know exactly what was going on. But I think no, I was just watching a different game. Oh yeah. So you were your your comment was that you were were spoiled. Yeah. To have had Chip Carey for all those years, to have to have had Skip and uh and uh Don Sutton and all those guys. Yeah, we, oh, yeah. The Braves just had a always had a great broadcast team. But most teams don't. No. To be honest, like the Brewers had Brian Anderson for a long time. He was fucking great. Most teams just don't have a great one. There are, if you have an MLB, MLB TV subscription, there are some bad. Yeah, scroll through them sometime. If you've got that full subscription, listen to some of the other teams and see how bad they are. And then how, like as an organization like the Orioles, where that guy is going to end up being the voice on SportsCenter a lot. When you make the, the highlight reel, mm-hmm. the guy that's calling the home run, that's calling the big play, that's calling the World Series win or whatever, right? right? Uh, that's our, Or the big series win. That's going to be the guy who's the voice of that. Man, you can't fuck that up. Over nothing, for Christ's sake. Angelos, that whole situation, he's an insane person. I hate him, yeah. He sucks. Uh, that is all we got for today. Mm. Hopefully the Braves turn it around for the rest of the week. We got Max Freed on uh, Wednesday night tonight going mm. against the Pirates. So I'll be tuned into that one just to see Freed hopefully uh, keep up the form because he looked f- like a fucking killer. Against he looked as good as I've ever seen him. At, ever. Like yep. that, that start was incredible. So we'll see. Uh, Dan Holloway, I'm Rob Fox.